0: The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew Glory You have heard that it was said Love your neighbor and hate your enemy But I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven He Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, the gospel of the Lord. Okay, you two little munchkins, (laughs) these little siblings right in front of me, come here close. I see you all like nudging and pushing, and uh, uh, uh. you're like having a little tiff. Something going on? Well, It fits perfectly with today's gospel. When there's somebody that you're mad at or frustrated with or don't want to be around or don't even like too much, even though sometimes you might love them to pieces, there's something you can do about that. You can just look at them and say, what do you think you could do? What do you think you could do? To somebody that you're just uh, mad at, that could be loving and kind, what could you do? Any ideas? A hug? (laughs) (laughs) A poke? Maybe a poke from the nose? nose. Well, I'm not going to give you the answer. Go and ponder that, okay? There's lots to ponder there. It happens to all of us. You're not alone. Have a nice day. (laughs) you <laughs> Please be seated. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. In today's Old Testament reading, I just had to underline this. So cut away the thick calluses from your heart and stop being so willfully hard-headed. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. At my grandfather's funeral, the priest, in a beautiful sermon, described a moment, an imagined meeting between God and my grandfather, where God asked him one important question. How did you treat the people I put in your life? I think of that question often how did you treat the people I put in your life the question wasn't how did you treat the people that you love so dearly the question was deeper and harder than that how did you treat all people that crossed your path those you love and those you have trouble with that neglected Or insulted you, that burned you, betrayed you, even hated you. All the people. That was the question. In today's gospel reading, Jesus says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. This begs a few questions. Who are our enemies? How can we love them and why is this important? Jesus is a perfect example for us. He loved those that insulted, betrayed, and killed him. God loves those who neglect, ignore, and doubt him. Love your enemies. Like it or not, we are called to the task. Is it easy? No. Is it important? Definitely. Today's reading is from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was being followed by crowds and throngs of people, and he spoke to them from a mountain up on high, teaching converted Christians messages of how to live their lives now. He presents new laws of life and love. He starts with who is blessed. Blessed are the, you know it. He reiterates the Ten Commandments. And then he presents one of the most difficult instructions to follow. Love your enemies. God loves all people. He has deep concern for all, no matter what. That same level of love that he has for us and for all humanity is a love that God wants each of us to exhibit toward others, even our enemies. Jesus was refocusing the people. Spread love. Be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. In those days, the common use of the word blessed meant joyful. Joyful we will be when we spread peace. Last week, Father Michael preached on focus. And I hope it inspired you as it did me to notice where your focus lies. Let us continue this week and cast our focus on the practice of loving others, no matter what, even our enemies. First, let's define enemy. Consider enemy as broad. Ranging from those we just aren't that fond of, that rub us wrong. To those who have acted in utter, deliberate attempt to betray us. Bring us down. Shame us. Insult, ignore, and neglect us. Mistreat us. Gossip against us. Attack us and harm us. Defile and besmirch us. Anger and sadness make us feel small, unimportant, and unloved. Those are enemies. We all have one or more. Even still, in my conversations with people this week, the word enemy isn't the word most would use. And I agree. There are people I don't feel right with, but that doesn't mean I would call them and label them my enemy. So use enemy if it sits right with you. But don't let the word keep you from the work. The work still needs to be done. Use foe or adversary or whatever word you prefer. In this current climate of terror with a broiling political race, we can easily identify the egregious enemies around us. This morning, cast your focus on whichever enemy unsettles you the most today. It could be your closest family member. It could be a terrorist group or anything in between. We can apply the teaching from this gospel to any and all. But for now, just hold one in your mind. Who unsettles you the most? How can we treat them with love? More love and kindness. This calls for a perhaps sudden, possibly extreme, and ideally complete change in the way we show love. This is a definition of revolution a sudden, extreme, and complete change. And this revolution begins with love. Martin Luther King Jr. said it well hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. If love feels like too much of a stretch right now use kindness god's loving kindness toward all people begs our attention i've often said to my kids through the years you don't have to like so and so but you have to be kind our love needs to be active we can shower love or kindness on our enemy In three active ways. Number one, we pray for them. It says right in the gospel, pray. Actively, intentionally, specifically, regularly, and lovingly, pray. I recently preached on the Holy Spirit. Remember that the Spirit is God's gift within us that guides and helps us use it. So pray with me now to the Spirit. Hold in your mind your enemy and close your eyes. Guiding Holy Spirit, we pray to remember that God loves our enemy as much as God loves us. We pray to acknowledge that we don't know their history, the backstory that made them do what they did or do what they do. Only you know. But we can imagine they're hurting. We pray for their healing. We pray for them to feel and know your love. We pray for them to stop hurting us and others. Please heal them and heal us too. Thank you very much. Together in Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Use prayer. It is not superfluous, it is active and powerful, and it works. Number two, we can bless our enemy. It's as simple as this May God bless you. Say it silently or say it aloud. Write it, text it, tweet it, whatever. In and of itself, it too is a prayer. Every single card that my father has sent me since, as long as I can remember, has three words on it. God bless you. You don't need to be a priest or have your hands blessed to do this. This is an act Of wishing someone joy and peace. Think of how you feel when somebody says, God bless you. It begs a response. By nature of repetition, my kids now write, God bless you, on every card to their grandfather. But not on cards to just anyone. Because that's too vulnerable, right? But maybe we can stretch ourselves. When you wish someone's God's blessing, imagine that you wish them not just peace. God bless you. For the Jewish people then and now, shalom is a greeting. Jesus says in today's passage, if you greet only your brothers and sisters, then what, are, what good are you doing? Shalom is a greeting in Hebrew, meaning peace. Muslims in Arabic say, Assalamu alaikum. The youth in the room should remember that. We went over that once, right? as alaikum. English doesn't translate the Hebrew or the Arabic well enough, though. What they mean when they say these words is much deeper than peace be with you. It's peace and prosperity and wholeness and completeness and well-being and health and healing and peace on the deepest level. Bless your enemy fully. Say God bless you or peace be with you and imagine it to the depths that it can be. Imagine it for how you would want it extended to you. It is not superfluous. It is active and loving and it matters. Number three, we can go the extra mile sometimes. But consider where you can take action to love your enemy a step further. I consider this as a move toward perfection. Jesus says, be perfect. We know we will never be perfect. So please don't hear perfection as pure or flawless. In the time the gospel was written, perfect meant honest, upright, sincere, mature, full of integrity. Or as Luke's gospel says, be merciful. The Greek for perfect referred... More to the end goal. What is your focus? What are you striving for? How can we extend and stretch ourselves in how we love our enemy? Can you extend the olive branch? Is it a card or a letter? A phone call? Maybe just a glance or a smile. A gift. Maybe it's saying the words, actually, I forgive you. One of my favorite sayings is, you can forgive someone, but it doesn't mean you have to do lunch. I've loved that for years. But recently I'm rethinking it. Maybe I should consider lunch. Maybe this comes with maturity. Maybe this is my stretch toward that perfection. And it does feel vulnerable. But remember, we're never, ever, ever meant to do this work alone. I call on the Spirit to help me. Where can we stretch ourselves to a deeper, more generous action of love toward our enemy? And finally, why do we do this work? There are plenty of teachings in the Bible that we don't really adhere to and sometimes even agree with. So why this one? For example, I think a lot of people don't honor the Sabbath and probably don't see much of a negative consequence in that. So can we just bypass this one too? If we're doing a really good job of those of loving those who we love so much, isn't that good enough? Who will really know if we love our enemy, especially if we do it in prayerful silence? Will it really change the world? Will it really change anything? Yes, I believe it will. I rest on scripture and wisdom that this work will have a ripple effect. First God loved us, now we love. I believe we are all called to do this work. And God is our supreme example. Jesus urges us to strive for perfection. Why? Because blessed are the peacemakers. And that answers the question why. It will bring joy. One last thought posed by my 17-year-old son in response to this work. He said, Mom, when we do this, are they still our enemy? when we love all people, even our enemies, that is freedom of another kind. So as we approach tomorrow's holiday that celebrates the freedom and independence of our country, imagine the joy and freedom we get by not only loving those who are easy to love, but those who are harder to love. And consider what you will say when God asks you, how did you treat the people I put in your life? Amen.